with GPS such an important tool in our lives and our flying, what happens when that signal suddenly disappears? From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news. The global positioning system is unquestionably one of the most significant advances of all time. Developed for and overseen by the U.S. military, GPS is also the enabling technology for much of the FAA's next-generation air traffic control system, aimed toward improving safety and efficiency while at the same time allowing for more aircraft in a given chunk of airspace. Given the importance of GPS to so many facets of modern business aviation operations, it's important to remember that GPS signals can also be compromised, particularly by hostile actors on the global stage. Among the ways the Department of Defense and the FAA are working to understand that problem and to mitigate its effects is by conducting GPS interference tests across the country. Typically, the testing events are going to generate outage areas uh, expressed as contours uh, or, or concentric rings, if you would, uh, that can be hundreds of miles in diameter. Uh, most uh, seem to fit within the four to 500 nautical mile uh, range, but that does vary around. Just this morning, I saw one that came out for, I think it was 440 nautical miles, but that does change with the altitude. In other words, the higher the altitude, the, the greater the, that, that size of that ring is going to be. We've seen some of these events that only last a couple of days, while others of these can last for two weeks or more. That was Jim McClay, Director of Airspace, Air Traffic, and Security for the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association, AOPA. While the duration of the actual GPS interference testing is often relatively brief, usually lasting a few hours at a time, those tests can bring several unpleasant surprises for pilots. As Heidi Williams, NBAA's Director of Air Traffic Services and Infrastructure, tells us, it's not only a matter of suddenly losing the magenta line. We've seen everything from a temporary, you know, couple minute outage where you lose your GPS signal and and your aircraft might, you know, revert to DME, DME or whatever other backup system that is not GPS reliant. But we've also seen the impacts of these events on things like your performance of the aircraft. A few years ago, we saw an event with a Phenom 300 that actually um, GPS was required for their yaw damper functionality, as I understand it. But ultimately, that, you know, impacted secondary systems that ended up with that that Phenom in a Dutch roll. And fortunately, they were able to recover and, and land safely. But I think it speaks to the fact that there are so many reliances on GPS, not just for navigation alone, that it's a really critical function in the aviation system that we operate in. Heidi, a friend of mine recently posted online about suddenly losing GPS while he was approaching to land his Citation CJ-3 in instrument conditions. Not only couldn't he fly his planned RNP approach, but it also took out tools like terrain and obstacle detection and synthetic vision. So many capabilities we have on board modern aircraft today are tied to GPS. Yeah, yeah, they really are. It, it, it's interesting, uh, all of the different reliances that we have that, that we don't even think about in mainstream, whether it be secondary systems or functionalities within a system. But 
Uh, I think the one thing that's really important to remember is while we have, you know, we have seen in industry some some graphics of what these intentional jamming uh, events look like. The one thing that we came together in uh, an industry group several years ago and, and really had some good interaction with both FAA and the Department of Defense, and it was really a, a part of it was around those graphics and the fact that they may be overly conservative with the area of impact. We're typically only seeing seeing impacts that are momentary or a couple minutes, never hours long. The, the challenge is we never know when that's going to be right. And and while you know the area of potential impact could be out to five or six hundred miles, it's typically not that. But I think it's really important that these impacts can happen from the ground up. This is not only if you're operating in the flight levels, it, it can absolutely happen when you're at a couple hundred feet off the ground. So I, I don't wanna have folks out there with the misperception that this is only gonna impact you if you're flying in, under instrument flight rules. It, it truly can impact any operation in the NAS. Of course, this isn't an issue solely confined to general aviation and business aircraft operations. I'm also pleased to welcome Jack Allen, Managing Director for Air Traffic Management with Airlines for America, to our discussion today. I was an air traffic controller in the FAA for about 28 years prior to joining Airlines for America, and I worked at Atlanta, Miami, and Memphis centers en route. In all of those facilities, I experienced these GPS outages. And kind of piggybacking on what Heidi just said, one of the challenges is that air traffic controllers are told this is going to happen. Pilots are told, you know, here's your, read your notum, this is going to happen, but nobody knows when. It might have a five-hour or three-day block, but aircraft are picking up an, an arrival into, say, Palm Beach, and you got five, 10, 15 aircraft that get it, and then one aircraft says they don't. You have to shut off the operation for a minute, regroup, and figure out how to get back in there if aircraft have traditional uh, navigation capabilities. So that creates a gap. That creates a need for turns, you know, waste and fuel. And just this uncertainty on both sides is uh, a little confusing. And then out west, it, I think it happens more than it does out east. But there's, you know, when you have the mountains out west, the last thing you want is a loss of navigation accuracy. And when the when a pilot states that they've lost their GPS, now the controllers have to provide extra separation techniques in order to make sure that uh, separation is guaranteed. And I'll give you a good example of how it can affect it. Like Heidi said, at all levels, Southern California until recently had one route that shot in between a whole bunch of military special use space. They had to stay on that route within the confines in order not to violate, you know, restricted airspace. They had the Los Angeles Southern California Metroplex program. And what they've done is with GPS RNAV capabilities, they've been able to create more than one route. And now these aircraft are self-separating to a certain extent, but as long as they're on these routes, and not entering into special use space, they're safe. If they jam the GPS signals out there, whether it's the military or it's a malicious user, 
that can create a significant safety issue for that area. We'll be back in just a moment. But first, this word from NBAA. NBAA Flight Plan listeners, if you value the expertise you get from your weekly podcast, we've got a way for you to get answers from experts live. Our NBAA NewsHour webinars give you access to the best operational, legal, technical, and other guidance for business aviation. Participate today by visiting nbaa.org slash newshour. We're back now with Heidi Williams, AOPA's Jim McClay, and Jack Allen with Airlines for America, and our conversation about the impacts from GPS interference testing to operations in the national airspace system. Jack, how has A4A responded to this issue? I have a team that works at the FAA Command Center, and when we receive information on a scheduled event, we provide the airline dispatchers with as much information as we've been given by the FAA to make sure they're aware of it. And I know that uh, several of our members, subject matter expert pilots, have participated with RTCA in order to make recommendations to the FAA to try to get some mitigations to these challenges. Heidi, I know NBAA was also among the groups that participated in that RTCA process and presented recommendations a few years ago. We did. We had a robust discussion with FAA and the DOD back in 2018, 2019 timeframe and industry delivered those, you know, 25 plus recommendations. The challenge has been we don't have any status update on what FAA and DOD have been doing behind the scenes. And I do believe that, you know, they've been talking, they've, they've had interaction and potentially have some mitigations or solutions in play. But industry's not aware. And, and this is such an operational item of significance that we really need to have that collaboration and, and continued dialogue from the agency. We did hear back with the agencies letting us know they will be coming to the industry's national collaborative forum to give us a status update or a briefing on where they're at. So I think, you know, that the positive is we've kicked off that, that additional collaborative dialogue and we're really looking forward to what they come to the table with. In early March, NBAA and AOPA also partnered on a letter sent to the FAA and DOD, reaffirming the industry's concerns about GPS interference. So, Jim, it's good to hear those concerns have been acknowledged. Absolutely. We, we, were, we were very glad to hear that, that they were actually very quick to uh, come back and, and agree to come and give us a briefing, as, as Heidi mentioned, at the NCF. And, and so we're really gratified to hear that and, and uh, definitely looking forward to getting an update from them and, and, and seeing what kind of mitigations may have already been put into place or that they are potentially working on and potentially have an opportunity to encourage them to adopt some of the mitigations that haven't been begun yet. Jack, as we await that update, what guidance would A4A like to see for airline flight crews on handling loss of GPS events? Well, right now, there is no guidance out there for the carriers for intentional GPS jamming. The FAA provides NOTAMs uh, 96 hours prior to the event, but the flight crews aren't always sure if they've gotten them or not, if the you know AOC has been able to provide them, or if they've got so many that they don't read through all of them. So we're concerned about that issue. The pilots never see the NOTAMs. And crews are required to report the loss of GPS capabilities, but it's, it's easier for them to do that if they're aware and you know prepared. I would like to see back to a little bit on the recommendations. We've, we've asked the FAA to provide controllers with the guidance on what to do when it happens, but also the reasoning behind it so that they have some level of importance placed on a GPS issue rather than just 
working at one at a time, understand what the aircraft need, what the pilots need in order to be successful. From the air carrier perspective, some of the GPS jamming has caused the receivers in the aircraft to malfunction. When they malfunction, it's not just that while the GPS jamming may be temporary, it may not be temporary to that aircraft. It may reset the equipment off so that it no longer operates correctly, and they have to go back to conventional navigation all the way to the airport. If they get to an airport, and for some reason, like the ILS is not working properly at that airport, then we've got other mitigations we've got to worry about, even if that's uh, deviating to an alternative airport. Jim, how do you recommend GA and business aviation pilots stay informed and prepared to handle these intentional GPS jamming tests? As always, it's very important to always do a thorough thorough notum check before flight. Um, What a lot of pilots don't realize is that these GPS testing events are not necessarily going to be briefed by flight service. And the, the notums that contain all of the information are not necessarily where you would expect to find them. For example, if pilots are using FAA NOTAM search, um, what they're going to need to do is go up to the top of that page uh, and click on external links uh, at the top of the page there and then look at the GPS interference notices. So it's, it's not exactly an intuitive process to find this information. Um, it, it's, it's very important that pilots familiarize your, themselves with that. And then, you know, another piece is the importance really of reporting any of these interference events immediately to ATC. I think what, what sometimes can happen is that pilots might see a hiccup and, and if everything comes right back and there's not really an issue, they just they don't really say a whole lot. They, they hesitate to do so. But uh, if these pilots will go ahead and alert ATC, it not only allows ATC to track the impact, Uh, but it also allows them to alert other traffic in the area that there could be a potential issue uh, that's going on. And and understanding what Heidi said earlier on, that that most of these events are are very sporadic in nature. So so we get it that we're not expecting to see long duration, widespread outages, but anytime a, a pilot can report what's going on to ATC, it's really important. Another aspect to this, Jack, is that just as we've grown dependent on GPS, we've also seen reduced availability of ground-based navigation systems. Those used to be a stable and robust alternative to GPS. The FAA has got a program called the VOR Mon, where they're reducing VORs, DMEs, and TAC hands due to infrastructure. You know, if it's just too expensive to maintain, they're trying to reduce it down to a skeleton list of facilities that they keep up and running. GPS jamming. We've already talked about aircrafts can rely on conventional navigation if they lose the GPS. But if there's areas where the VOR MON is not maintained, where the facilities have been removed, then we have a real struggle. One of the, the big issues from an industry perspective is, is that we, we are moving to a satellite-based NAS, right? We have adopted next-gen technologies that are reliant on GPS. We're minimizing the, the national air traffic infrastructure down to a minimal, to that VOR minimal operating network, as Jack referred to it. So I think it just drives home to all of us the importance when you create and develop a system that is reliant on GPS technology as your primary comnav and surveillance, then when you impact that infrastructure, there are going to be operational impacts. And we absolutely have to have mitigations in place 
so that we do not see a critical safety event as a result of one of these in- intentional jammings. AOPA, A4A, and NBAA are all very much on the same page on this issue. We all really do kind of have similar impacts on our operations and feel it's critical that we work together as industry with the agencies to work towards mitigations of these events, especially because the occurrence of the events has been on the rise over the past decade. And we know that's not going to go the other direction, right? There's a need to continue to test and we get why that is, but there are mitigations that have to be worked out and we stand ready to do that. For the latest information regarding GPS interference testing and mitigating the loss of GPS and other matters affecting business aviation operations, visit nbaa.org forward slash ops. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts in the App Store, wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking Alexa or another connected device, or download them from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for a new episode of Flight Plan. Flight Plan.